It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I am so glad that you are here with us. Our children can head on out back to Children's Church now. They are in great hands. You can have a seat where we are if you can right now. There is a spirit of expectation in this place today. We've already watched one of our awesome young men in the church get baptized by his incredible God-fearing, God-loving mama. And... Uh, at his request, I love it, I love it, I love it. These, uh, these two awesome parents have kind of been back and forth on who's baptized who in their family, and it's been a lot of fun watching it over the years. And there is more to come because they are getting the gospel of Jesus in that house. I'm going to tell you, you're going to get the gospel of Jesus in this house today. Whether you are in this room right now or whether you're watching live, and if you're with us live, I'm glad you're with us. Whether you're on vacation and plugging in right now or just can't come here for whatever reason, we're glad that you're tuned in, we're glad that you're watching, and we're glad that you are in the house today. A couple things just as we walk on into this. We do have a big night coming up, big afternoon coming up. It starts at 2 o'clock. It literally goes all the way to probably 8 o'clock when it just about gets dark outside here in Madison and Athens right now. But uh, you are invited. Your friends are invited. Your family's invited. Can I bring them? Yes. Are we going to have enough food? Yes. We got it taken care of. It's going to be good. Can you swim? Yeah. Can you fish? Yeah. Can you play some horseshoes? Yeah. Can you play some volleyball? Yeah. Can you sit around and watch other people make fools of themselves? Yeah. You can do all that, but we want you to come and be a part of that. Supper's at 5.30, 6.30 is when the worship service is going to happen, and a little bit of an unusual worship service. We've got two awesome, not-so-young men down here on the second row that are going to be filling those waters tonight because of what Jesus has done in their life. So we've got two more baptisms tonight, so uh, you don't want to miss it. You got it? You ready? All right. Well, let's dig in. I need one more thing up here, and I'm ready to roll just because i got to lay something down somewhere so I can move around a little bit. But, all right. Um, so today we're talking about the church and me. So if you read it personally, we're talking about the church and, and you. So you can fill your name in there. And there's a reason I didn't mess up. If you actually went and you looked at the uh, outline that I put out and, and sent for you and worked really hard for you not to download, um, y'all hear me? You're listening already. I like it. Uh, but the church is big and then me is little okay and that's the way it's supposed to be the focus is on Christ's church the focus is on the Christ of the church a little bit unusual today because I'm going to be sharing with you some things that have happened over the last two and a half years here at the Grove as well as what's happening right now as well as what's next here at the Grove. And so uh, kind of a special day, looking forward to, uh, to sharing some things with you that you don't know. And, and I even knew some things that Drew didn't know when he was up here that have changed even since then, which is kind of cool. But in a typical year here at the Grove, we have 102 worship services on Sunday mornings through the year. That's roughly an average of two per week. Uh, the difference is we have a couple times around Christmas and New Year's when a lot of people are gone and we move back to one service for just those two weeks. And so other than that, we're in here all the time and people's, well, things happen in those services that we gather together. My prayer for people on 
all 102 of those services, plus all the other services that we have. I'm talking about student services. I'm talking about children's services because they really do hear very clear the gospel of Jesus next door every time they're together. When they're here on Wednesdays, uh, your kids hear the gospel. We have ladies' ministry and men's ministry. Uh, we have the bridge ministry. And these people are parts of services all the time, worshiping Jesus, learning to grow, learning to, to serve, learning to go. My prayer is the same for every one of those. And if I meet you and this is your first time here today, there's a good chance you've already heard this. My prayer is that God does something supernatural in your life this day. Something you weren't expecting. Something you needed that you didn't even know it. My prayer is that that happens every time you walk in this room for our new folks. It's also my prayer for every seat that is covered in this place. Whether you've been here more times than I have or whether this is just your second or third week or second or third year, that every time you come in here, God is doing something transforming in your life. So it's not a game. It's something real. It's not something I can do. It's not something Glenn and the worship team can do. Uh, it's not something our Greek, Greek team can do. It's not something our life group leaders can do. It's something that God has to do in your life, and he does that often through us. I want you to think about a couple of things. Not only is that our desire, and, and I think about the different ways that can happen. It can happen through a song. It can happen through a, a, a prayer. It can happen through a specific scripture that is read. It can, it can happen through an applicable moment that happens through the word as we explain what God's teaching us here and how this applies to our lives. What I want us to get is that God has a next for us. He's got a, a next place, a next a next. Uh, serve opportunity a next opportunity to to touch a life a next opportunity for growth in us as an individual uh, for some of us in this room uh, we're going to be ready tonight to baptize as many people that are ready to be baptized tonight doesn't mean we're not going to talk to you doesn't mean we're not going to make sure that you're ready but we got two that we've already talked to they're 100 ready they're in some of you may be ready for that and, and the lord's working on that with you this morning uh, man we could have a baptism in the second service we're ready for this. We want you to listen to what God has next for you. According to God's word, we are to seek what God desires for us on a daily basis. It's just part of our lives. It's who we're supposed to be. We will always, we will always need work. Uh, somebody says, well, he's a piece of work. Well, we're always that. There's always something that needs to happen in our lives. There's always more because of the process of sanctification, God is changing us. And the Holy Spirit's going to press us in a way and speak to us in a way that we need to hear it. And some of you are going to hear that this morning, even as we share a couple of these scripture passages. But I also want us to think about this. Sometimes we forget that we are also a vital part to how God works in the life of others. We don't have the power in and of ourselves, but we do have the power in us because of Christ in us to encourage somebody in a special way, to pick them up when it's rough, to help them out when it's not going right, to help accomplish his work. So how important is this church? And you're going to have to listen quick because I've got a lot to say in a short period of time, but the church, I'm going to name two different ways that we talk about the church. One is the, the big C church. It's Christ church. It's the whole thing. And then there's the, the little C church, that's the local body where we hang out. The big C is the whole thing, and the little C is the part where we hang out. 
a great passage. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 15. If you don't have it, look up here. It's also on your outline that you went to. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 15. And then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Mm. I'm just saying we're part of something that's not going to lose. We get to hang out there. And verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. There's a ton in this passage, and we could spend a whole message on this, but there's a few key points that I think you and I need to get on this. Um, do we honestly understand who Jesus is? Do we really get who Jesus is? The understanding comes from the Father, Jesus says, and we comprehend this now by the Holy Spirit who now makes this clear to us. How did Connor get to where he got to? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in his life. The next thing I see here, it says that you are the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. When we say, and some, this is a learning thing for some of us in this room, that's okay. When we say Jesus Christ in a proper way, looking at the Son of God, when we say Jesus Christ, we are saying Jesus who is the Messiah. Every time we say it, that's what we're saying. Jesus, who is the Messiah. It means anointed one. It means chosen one of God for one purpose. To bring salvation to a world. To redeem those who have no way, which is all of us. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. Verse 18 says that Jesus is the only one who builds his church. Individual followers of Jesus make up the church, but it is Christ who builds his church. Grove is the local church, little c. It is the local church that represents Christ's church, big C, the whole church in all of the world, all of the earth. And it is specifically called to live out its purpose for the church. That's what our church is supposed to do. Jesus, and, Jesus has and he continues to have foundational leaders like Peter, who he called the rock, upon which he'll build his church, one of the, uh, the founding leader of the church as it was starting. But that foundation, that truth, that Jesus is the Messiah, this is the foundation imperative truth that makes the church the powerhouse that it is. Well, not Peter, not Peter. The powerhouse is the Messiah, Jesus, the son of the living God who came for us. You see that? The last thing I see here, or a couple other things that I see right quick here, Hell's not going to win over Christ's church. Satan will not win this battle, but I will tell you, he will do everything he can. He will think there's an opportunity. He will, he will go in every door that he can. And then the last thing I see there, what are the keys of heaven? Well, that's the way to heaven. That's Jesus, the salvation that comes from him, the only, only he can offer. That is where that comes from. So these truths are foundational for everything we do and believe as followers of Jesus. And while the world attempts... While the world attempts to devalue and to question the relevance of the church, God says it matters so much that I will not allow it to be destroyed. 
You say, well, some church is closed. Yes, some church is closed. But the church ain't closed. The church won't close. Now, surprise, I read a lot of stuff from a fellow by the name of Chuck Swindoll. I happened to run across this last week, and my goodness, it was so appropriate for today, I wanted to share it with you. He said he read years ago uh, at a camp, or heard at a camp, uh, Dr. Jay Kessler. The title of his message, he said, was so simple, it was called, Why I Believe in the Local Church. Hmm, okay. Well, why does it matter? Why do we believe? What's the big deal? Well, here's the spot on part of this. Just a couple things just to think about in your mind. The church is the only institution dealing with ultimate issues. Others try, they poke around at it, but it's the only church dealing with ultimate. What are ultimate issues? Life, death, heaven, hell, the meaning of life, priorities that actually last. Another one, the church provides perspective that gives dignity to mankind. So many people in this world think they have no worth. You know why they think they have no worth? Because they failed to realize the fact that God created them in his image. Every human being was created in his image. We choose the path that we go, but he created us in his image. The church knows that people matter because God says they matter. We see that different than everyone else on the face of the earth. The third one that he mentioned there was this. The church provides a moral and an ethical compass in the midst of relativism. Here's what this means real simply. Our society has either rethought or twisted or resisted or completely rejected absolutes. That's absolute truth that comes from God Almighty. We have said we know better. I'm just telling you we lose if we know better. There is absolute truth. It is foundational, and it's why we stand for the foundational truth of Scripture today. Just one more that I want to share with you. The church is the only place to find true community. You can find friends. You can find people that will go along with where you are, but it's the only place you'll find true community and healing and compassion and love. It should be here where people find that people care about them. It should be here that they find people who are not just seeking community, that want community with those who are from the outside. We desire to have that relationship because we want them to know the hope that we have in Christ. We come together for a purpose that lasts a lifetime. It's different. The church matters. We do a thing every quarter here at the Grove. It's... It's, it's old-fashioned called a church conference. But you get to find out what's happened at this local body during that time. And sadly to me, there's about a fourth or fifth of the church that usually shows up for that. I want you to hear what's happened since January of 2020 until today. Just fun things that you need to know as part of the Grove, or even if you're just checking this place out, you need to know a few things that happened. I don't like the name of the error that's happened since January of 2020. We inconveniently and poorly call it the COVID error. But it's when most of us started getting it. It's when for the first time in the history of this church, it closed down for two and a half months. Now it didn't close down because we kept going. We changed some things. Glenn had just started leading worship for us and uh, man, we were just three, four months into this thing. And we had to start recording every single sermon and putting it out live on Facebook. 
And uh, then he started leading us in worship from his apartment in Franklin, Tennessee, because it was the only way, but we didn't quit having the, I want you to notice the church did not go away. The church was not destroyed, but I want you to hear about some things that happened because we never let up. Lives were changed. That first year we had 12 people that got baptized during COVID. It was weird. People were wearing masks and baptizing people, but it had to happen because lives were being changed. Since that time, we've had a total of 29 people that have been added to the body of Christ through baptism. Uh, excuse me, 30. Oh, excuse me, 31, 32, maybe even 33 tonight if the rumor is correct that I'm hearing. I don't know if you hear what's happening, but it's happening. We've added more than this that have just become a part of the grove. Maybe they were already baptized and they just chose to come apart. Uh, we do a membership class. People that have completed the class, we have 44 people in the last two and a half years that have said, this is it. And there's about another 44 that have been through the whole class. And for some reason, they're still sitting with that covenant. I don't understand, but they're still here. This is their body. This is where they're hanging out. We've had 151 people that have been involved in mission work during the COVID era. I mean, that's, that's nutty. Why are you doing that? Because the church has not gone down. The church has not quit. This is another crazy one. We've been so far above budget, it's been nutty. I'm talking about you've not quit giving. Matter of fact, you've given, and this is a cool number, $107,857 above and beyond everything we needed here at the Grove in two and a half years. It, just some of the things that you've done. Uh, the seed company, y'all did like twenty-five dollars or $30,000 to translate scripture down in Mexico. I mean, you, you did it in like six weeks. It was nuts. Uh, other things you've done, you've sent $5,000 to Puerto Rico Mission, Agape of, North, uh, of uh, North Alabama. I can't even tell you how much money that you put towards that place as far as toys and gifts and diapers and, and formula. You've helped so much. Alabama Baptist Children's Home, um, North American Mission Board with Annie Armstrong giving and Lottie, Mo Lottie Moon uh, Christmas offering. That's all above and beyond, and you have done that. And then some of you came in. Anybody notice a new parking lot out there? Good. Now, we've been waiting for that thing so long. It's been such a nasty, muddy mess. Uh, our old 30-year-old parking lot, it gave up and became alligator skin, and it was gone. Look it up. It really is a thing. Uh, we are actually over 70% complete on that now, which is super, super cool. Uh, you have, just think about this. You've already paid for 151 out of 170 parking spaces. Or it's done. I mean, that part, it, the, the cash is already in the bank, ready to get it done, because we like to do things debt-free, if at all possible here, and you have made that happen. Now, 10 years ago, we were still working out of a $500,000 debt that we inherited 19 years ago. Since then, we raised another $400,000, so we're paying for this thing cash. <laughs> You guys are, I mean, you're blessed and you're good. You just need to be aware of it. So we have raised $425,000 so far. We've got about 50 more to go because as of Friday, we had $50,000 sitting in the bank that you had raised for this last little punch of a fundraiser. I'm just saying, way to go, church. Good job. And then some of you say, well, what's the big deal about a parking lot? I mean, it's gravel concrete asphalt hopefully painted lines because i saw how some of y'all were parking out there we're going to need that uh, the reality 
That concrete and that gravel offer space for 170 vehicles on this property at one time. That's up from about 123, I think. Uh, and it's all accessible, and we will use it during both services every single Sunday, and then we'll use it again on Wednesday, and then during the week. Now, it's people in a parking space. It's a car in a parking space, but it represents amazing human beings that God created that come to this place in cars and trucks, and yes, even minivans. They are seeking the truth, and we have the responsibility to help them learn to glorify, grow, and then go with the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not just asphalt and gravel. It's human beings that come in these doors that we have the opportunity to speak and love and encourage and connect with in life. Do you see the difference that makes now? I think, I'm just saying, I say we go ahead and finish it up and just get done. Let's just get it done and go on because there is a next here at the Grove, not just for you, but for our buildings and stuff. Our children are, I don't know if you've seen what happened since the flood, but they're kind of crowded over here right now. And so we've got an next that we've got to do. So let's just get it done. That's what's happening. So uh, if you're following your outline, we are the body of Christ at the Grove Church. And here's what's next. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 and following starts telling us as the body of Christ how we're supposed to live, what we're supposed to do, what it's supposed to look like for us as individuals. Follow along as Paul teaches us this in verse 11. He says, and he himself gave some to be, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's faithfulness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human um, cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, that's Christ. Verse 16, for him, from him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Now that's a lot, but I want you to just hear the, the highlights of what that said that you need to hear. God gives spiritual gifts to equip people to do the ministry and to build up the body of Christ. If you know Jesus Christ, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, he has put in you a unique gift, sometimes more than one, that he wants to use for the building up of his church, the body of Christ. These gifts are used to unify the body into one faith. That way we won't be deceived when Satan uses people outside God's church to attempt to deceive so we're ready when the battle comes you the battle belongs to the Lord you just sang that song it's not ours it's Christ's battle to fight for us the body is individual parts working together to build up God's church the body is you the body is you online that's the body 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. Yes, and the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm an eye, 
would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? And if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And if, and God has put each, God has, and God has put each part just where he wants it. I'm going to say that he's put your part here. You're part of that body, and he has put you here. How strange it would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but one body. Many parts, one body. So what's your calling? What's the calling that God has done in your life? What has he got for you? Some are real evident. Some are tough. But I see this so clear. God's calling to all of us is to get in the game. He hasn't called us to sit up on the bleachers and observe something. He's not called us just to take things in and go on. He's called us to something very specific. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you are part of his team. You are part of that body. We are all part of of the church, the team. We're chosen by God to be on his team, and he's gifted you for it. So why don't we get in the game? What keeps us from it? Sometimes we're just not at the right place spiritually. Sometimes we do have unconfessed sin in our life, and it is time to hand that off to the Lord to repent of it and to go on and to realize, okay, he's not done with me. Sometimes our priorities get messed up, and everything else takes precedence, and there's no game for us because we're so busy with everything else. For many of us, and we know, we know plenty, we've been... We've been taking God's word in for years and still we feel like something's missing. It's because it is. I mean, you're you're totally filled up with the word of God. Some of us in this room go to several Bible studies every single week and you still sense something is missing. I'm just telling you, you have to give away what you've been given. You've been given hope in Jesus Christ. You've been given a promise for eternity. And if you just hold it to yourself, You're holding the greatest gift that's ever been given. David says in Psalm 23, he's talking about the Lord anointing his head with oil. And then he says, and my cup overflows. Here's the picture for you. God fills us up through the study, reading of his word, through the challenge of his word, through the songs that we sing that press us back to him and to his word. And then there's an overflow that happens. And in that overflow, we're supposed to Share what God's done in our life with other people through the real life relationships, through real life service. It's supposed to be happening. I think of the picture of the grove, and we've got this little acronym that says G-R-O-V-E. The G is for grow or growing. We're all supposed to be there. The R is for reaching because we're supposed to be reaching this community around us. The O is for one in unity because God's called us to be at a spot of one in unity. The, the V is for vibrant worship. I think you guys have kind of started to get that, but it can't just happen in this room. And the last one, that's where we're camping out today, the ease for every member in a ministry. Every member is supposed to be involved in some kind of ministry. So getting started is our biggest obstacle. Matthew chapter 14, it's also said in Mark 6 and in John 6. I'm not going to take you there. I'm just going to tell you the story. Jesus comes walking towards Peter on the water. They're scared to death. And Jesus says, so why are you scared? And then he looks at Peter and he says, come on out. You know what Peter does? He comes on out and he walks on the water too. Not by Peter's strength, 
but by the power of Almighty God working in his life. It happens through faith. And, and what he did there, he couldn't do without faith. And what we're asking you to do here, you can't do without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to let him work through you. We sing about miracles. It seems like almost every week you were just singing about them then. But do we believe that Jesus can actually do that through us today? Do we believe that he can do that in us? In order to do that, you've got to get out of the boat, just like Peter did. You've got to get out of the boat. Uh, and you say, but I don't know enough about God's word. Great, you're in the same boat with me. I don't know enough about God's word. You say, but I don't have enough time. Well, great, we're in the same boat. It seems like it's been a midnight week all week long this week and a 5 a.m. That doesn't do good even for old people. I'm just telling you. Some say, but I'm retired. And I say, awesome. Because I saw retired this week. I saw Roger Tarver working circles around me at times in keeping up with some of you. I saw Tom Briggs out there working, laying side. He's not quite as old as Roger, but he's trying to catch up. But there ain't no quitting that man. He was out here tamping that stuff down again yesterday so it would look good and take good root. When we were serving back in North Georgia, my wife has always been actively involved with the ministries because her passion is Jesus first. And she was helping with ladies' ministry, and she gathered them all together. And when she got them together... She asked a, a question, so who's in? And several of the older ladies, the senior ladies, uh, said that uh, basically we're through serving. We've served our time, and now it's time for the younger ladies to take it. I'm just telling you, I don't see that in Scripture anywhere because finally you're through having to make a living, and you can serve it may not look like you did when you were building houses in mexico 50 years ago for a ministry but there's a place and there's a way i don't see if i'm not in a pulpit anymore and not not working some job i don't see not working anymore for the lord as long as i got breath in my lungs he's got something for me to do and i believe that's all of us in this room but somebody said but i'm not a good leader well good be a good follower or learn to lead, or, but I don't know what I could do. Well, let us help you figure that out. That's part of what today is about. It, the, the, the end of it is get out of the boat. Quit being afraid. Ephesians chapter 3, it doesn't happen from you. Verse 20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or even think. Glory to God in the church and in Christ Jesus through all the generations forever and ever. Amen. It doesn't come from you. You don't have to have the power. I don't have the power. You don't have the power. The power comes from Christ and Christ alone. Tim Tebow is a fun guy to follow on Twitter. If you're not following him, you should. I'm just telling you, he's got some good stuff out there. This week he put this one out, but I think he was talking to you, but he was also talking to me. He said, don't forget the moment God changed your life or challenged you to join the fight. You have a specific role to play in bringing faith, hope, and love to a world in need. Is that not what we're talking about today? God's given you a role for this. As I walked in today, I think I met three new families. That's every week here at the Grove. 
God's put the opportunities right in front of us. According to Scripture that we've looked at over the last couple of weeks and over the last couple of minutes, not only has God put the right parts of the body together, he's given them and given you the gifts that we need to make this the church that it needs to be. And you are part of that. It excites me every time I see one of you say, it's time. You see, you've... uh, you have an incredible opportunity not just to meet a need but to help folks at the Grove get connected because it's the connections that leads to change lives. This can happen in a couple of ways. You met some of these folks as you came in and you say, well, it's just a welcome team. Well, no, they're the first person that a person sees when they get out of their car in a parking lot. The expression on their face matters. What they say to you, where they send you, it all matters. If you get in here and it's like it was a couple of weeks ago and there's not a seat left in this service, they're the ones that help you find a seat. It matters. Most of us could do that. Most of us could do that. Some of us are realizing that, hey, man, I sure, and some of you have said this, I sure would like to be a part of a life group where I can connect with some other people and dig into the word. Well, you should. But maybe you're one of those people that you've walked long enough with the Lord. You shouldn't just be a part of one. You should help lead one. But all these excuses. But you should help. And there's a thousand more things that you can do here. So here's we're closing up right here. And here's what it says. How do I get in the game? Well, permission to get out your phone. This is one way that you can get in right now. There's another way, for those of you who may not be quite as uh, IT ready for all this, uh, you can grab that card that's beside you. That's perfectly fine, too. I don't care how you get to it. I just want to know that this is where you are. I want to know where God's working on you right now. I want to know what he's speaking to you, what he's saying to you, what he needs from you. If you want to do it the electronic way, go to 256 5080 that same number that you use to check in. Click serve. When you click serve, it's going to take you to our um, webpage where it shows you different ways that you can serve. And it lists about five or six there, and then it has another there where if you're not sure. And when we get that, Drew Drew will get that or I will get that, and we're going to get in touch with you like this week to help you figure out what that next step is for you. On the cards, it's crystal clear. It tells you, it gives you about eight or ten different options there that you can say, all right, this is a place I need to check out so that I can be the part of the body that God has called me to. It may not stay that way forever. You may serve here then and then serve there later. That's okay. It's just where you start. But I will tell you that as you're doing this, the Holy Spirit's going to nudge you. He's going to impress on you. He may even speak to you and tell you, hey, this is, this is what I need from you, Ross. Okay. You may not understand all the pieces start there. Here's the second part of it. Pray for clarity from the Lord. I'm just going to make this super clear. You do not have to pray and say, Lord, do you want me to serve you? You don't have to pray if he wants you to serve him. You're in a worship service to serve him, and you serve him by serving other people. You don't have to ask that question, but you can pray for clarity of exactly what he wants you to do. The next one is let's talk. You're not sure? You just know that he wants to do something in your life? Let's talk. And the last one takes us back right where we started. 
Just get in the game. You may have to wade in gently. Some of you will dive in quickly. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you get started. Some of you feel like, and, and you've been here before, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been to a, a baseball game or a football game, and you sit down right next to the game. Baseball's come close to you. The football players come. They almost get their sweat on you. You feel that. But then there's other ones that you go to, and you had to buy the cheap seats. And you're so far up in the nosebleed section that if you had to get down there, it'd take you 30 minutes. I don't know where you are in those stands or whether you're actually on the sidelines. You've got the uniform on and you're ready to go in and you're like, put me in coach. I want to play. I'm ready. Well, I believe the Lord wants to use you like that. We got people that will walk alongside you as you're getting started. We'll help you figure this out. But I'm going to back up the boat for one second. The same one that Peter was in before he got out of it and started walking on the water. Let's back up to that boat for a second. In order to have that kind of faith, that first step of faith has to be entrusting the Lord Jesus Christ by grace through faith in the Son of God. The Messiah, the chosen one, you trust him for your salvation. You repent of your sins and Lord, I have blown this. I, I know what a couple of your Ten Commandments say and I have never lived this. Forgive me. I need you in my life. I cannot fix this on my own. I'm gonna be down here, I'll be available. If you just need to come to the altar, come and just talk to Jesus. Especially if it's got to do with finding your place to serve him. You got it? I want you to stand where you are across this place. Our team's going to play a song, but honestly, I don't want you to worry so much about the song. I want you to worry about the song maker. I want you to worry about Jesus and what he may be speaking to you right now. So join me as we pray, and then the second I say amen, you respond to him and whatever he's doing in your life right now. Father, we need you. Father, you've asked us to do something that is impossible for us to do as an individual. We can't do it as a human being, but through your power, God, we can. Some of us, God, we need to give our lives to you today. Some of us need to follow in believers' baptism like Connor Payne did this morning. But we do it for your glory. We do it because we need you. Help us, Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray.